BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. And we continue with our American stories. Jonathan Alexandrados is a toy historian whose knowledge was featured in the film Billion Dollar Babies, the true story of the Cabbage Patch Kids. Here's Jonathan with the story of the Cabbage Patch Kids and how they set the wheels in motion for modern-day Black Friday. So in 1850, way back, the U.S. met its first baby doll. And instantaneously, the baby doll was not popular. It took until the late 1800s for the thing to actually catch on. But by 1920, the modern conception of the baby doll was here. It was a cloth body and a, and a sculpted head that was painted. That's typically what one might think of when they think of the baby doll. That model stayed fairly popular throughout the 20th century. Once we get to 1971, we meet an artist, Martha Nelson. Martha Nelson Thomas, soon to be. And she's looking at the baby doll and she's wondering what she could add to this genre of toy. And what she reaches for is something called soft sculpture. So soft sculpture is basically the act of conceiving of a sculpted head, let's say, that's made out of some sort of cloth material. So you're kind of sewing it so that the features are all uh, evident in the ultimate soft sculpture. That's Martha Nelson's interest. She makes these 
off of input from kids that she knew at the time. So she actually asked kids in her community, you know, what they would like to see in a baby doll, and she made those. Those are called doll babies. Martha Nelson Thomas originally sold those in Appalachian craft fairs. She is from Kentucky, and she would go to those regional craft fairs and sell them. But by 1976, she meets Xavier Roberts at the craft fair, who ultimately says, hey, I would really like to start selling these on a bigger scale. And initially, Martha is kind of interested in this, but after about a year, she's not so psyched about it. She's kind of losing interest in that. So as a result, Xavier Roberts says to her, well, I'm going to keep selling them whether you want me to or not. And what he does is he doesn't call them doll babies. He calls them little people. And little people are supposed to be different than doll babies. Yet, when you put their pictures side by side, they actually look pretty similar. The features are the same. The scale is the same. You know, the puffy cheeks, all of that is the same. And... Martha Nelson Thomas and Xavier Roberts, when when they meet, Martha is more or less just out of school. Uh, Xavier is a little bit older than that. Xavier is a heavily talented man in his own right. So I think one of the misconceptions that sometimes happens in this story is it, it becomes the story of an artist and the person who stole the art, which, yes, there is an element of that. But... With Xavier Roberts, he actually is a pretty talented, like, quilt maker. He, he's done artistic endeavors on his own. So it's not so much random outsider. This is actually somebody who knows the world pretty well. So by 1978, Xavier Roberts is out selling his little people. He's doing well with that. But by 1982, Coleco approaches him for a license because these are selling so well. And by then, the little people, presumably because little people is a brand made by Fisher Price since 1959, have changed to being called Cabbage Patch Kids, something different. Now, the thing with Cabbage Patch Kids that is unique is from Martha Nelson Thomas's early days, she wanted these creations to be closer to actually adopting a baby rather than getting a doll. So as a result of that, these dolls would come with birth certificates. They would be unique. Again, this goes all the way back to Martha's idea. Xavier Roberts keeps that going so that these dolls have that novelty but they're also hearkening back to a very familiar play pattern. Remember, I had said that these dolls go as far back as the 1800s and the modern incarnation back to 1920s. So these are things that parents would reasonably see, look at, go, oh, I played with something like that. But the way these are kind of updated is is cool. I want to have that for my kids. So they, the, the way in which parents kind of were directed towards the ultimate Cabbage Patch Kid is totally understandable because it's a it's an item they recognize with a little bit of added novelty to it. So who could resist that? 
1982, Coleco gets the license from Xavier Roberts. That's where you see the Cabbage Patch Kids that we all know, the ones that have Xavier Roberts' signature right there on the rear end. You know, like those, those are the Cabbage Patch Kids. It's important to note that Martha Nelson Thomas did not just fade away. She actually fought for her creation. In 1979, she lodged her first lawsuit against Xavier Roberts for this. It was settled for an undisclosed amount, so we actually don't know how much she got from that. I think by all accounts, it was probably not enough given the ensuing craze that was going to happen. So throughout the 80s, the Cabbage Patch Kid takes off. You see riots essentially breaking out in stores over them. It was an unusual draw. The box was full of ballots, more than 400 of them. But if your name was pulled, you didn't win a Cabbage Patch doll. You only won the chance to buy one. It's a roundabout way of selling the dolls, but the store's manager says it's the best way to avoid trouble. Well, three weeks ago, we had a uh, sale on uh, Cabbage Patch, and we had about 200 people at the front door, and we had 36 dolls, and uh, we had a near riot. So this way, we decided to uh, have a draw and uh, be more orderly. Kids are getting them, not even necessarily because they like them, but because they represent a higher status when you're at school. You know, you've got a Cabbage Patch kit. They weren't cheap, you know? They were like 30 bucks at the time which is quite a lot, actually. If you adjust for inflation, I think that brings it to around 80 today, maybe a little more. Getting a Cabbage Patch Kid became more enviable than actually having and keeping a Cabbage Patch Kid in the sense of the fact that mom got one mattered so much more than what the product actually was. Again, going back to this idea of a status symbol, The fact that mom managed to, or dad or whoever, managed to fight through the crowds, fight through the riot, fight through the guy with the baseball bat, and actually get a Cabbage Patch Kid at the end of the day and bring it home victorious, that said something about how much that parent loved their kid, how much they were willing to do, how much they were willing to fight through. And we've been listening to Jonathan Alexandrados. He's a toy historian who knows a heck of a lot about the subject. And by the way, we learned a bunch. Toys as we know it, dolls, baby dolls as we know them, didn't really come into existence truly in American life till the late 19th century. There's some innovation, but not a lot. And in come those Cabbage Patch kids and Cabbage Patch hysteria. And for any of you who lived during that time period, what moms and dads would do, the ends of the earth they'd go to, to get this toy, this doll for their kids, It was unlike anything I'd ever seen. It was almost embarrassing sometimes. Waiting on lines, you heard $30, 200 people showing up. Not just fights over these dolls, but riots. And all so there could be that special Christmas present for the kids. When we come back, more of the story of the Cabbage Patch Kids here on Our American Stories. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. And we return to Our American Stories and to the story of the Cabbage Patch Kids, told by toy historian Jonathan Alexandrados, beginning with a news report from December of 1983. Once the coupons were given out to those few parents who would be allowed to buy a doll, the word was given out that the dolls would be given out behind the store, out back at the freight entrance. And then the race was on. Otherwise dignified, calm, mannerly parents broke into a sprint. Well, I, t- I had to take what they gave me, and they gave me a boy, and I wanted a girl. I, this is my second trip around. My husband works here, and I can't even get what I want. I miss work. I'm late for work to get this for my little girl. I'm not going to tell my boss. I'm trying to get there now. <laughs> I'm so excited. We waited here since 7.30, and I was just ecstatic. In fact, I ran around and got another ticket. And within a matter of minutes, it was over. You did not get a Cabbage Patch doll this morning. No, I did not. How badly do you want one? Very, very badly. One woman told us she's going to call her sisters in Nebraska and Illinois to see if they can get her a doll. If not, she's going to drive to Pennsylvania. What is it, two hours to go to Pennsylvania? I think it's worth going there. If not, I'll try California. I have a niece that lives in California. Why are full-grown adults fighting over these? Well... Here's one reason. I want to get it. Look, this is something that consistently we see throughout pop culture from Cabbage Patch forward. Remember Jingle All the Way? That's a comedy, right? 
And that's a comedy that's made about a guy who basically does the same thing these parents were doing when they were looking for Cabbage Patch Kids. He was finding Turbo Man to show that he was the Turbo Man. He could be the best dad ever. And that's what these parents were looking to do, too, in many ways. Every holiday season, there's one toy everyone has to have. I want the Turbo Man action figure with the arms and legs that move, and the Rock and Roller jetpack, and the Boomerang Suitor. Getting it is every child's dream. Whoever doesn't can be a real loser. Finding it. You got the doll, right? Is this father's nightmare. I'll get that toy. I promise. When I was a kid, it was Power Rangers. Power Rangers were the thing that when they first came out, nobody invested in Power Rangers except for Toys R Us, and Toys R Us sold out of them very, very, very quickly. My uncle, to this day, insists he paid a guy in a parking lot a hundred bucks to get one for me for Christmas, and man, I loved that thing, and man, I loved that uncle. So I can imagine, go back to the 80s, you'll see exactly the same thing. The same story of, of the way fads work and permeate the culture like that where it almost doesn't matter what the object is i mean people will fight over it it's something that we all have gone through as a parent you know this frantic shopping so to get a cabbage patch kid really said something about you know who you were as a kid it was something that culturally we riffed on as well you might be familiar with the garbage pail kids you know those were the sort of reaction to the Cabbage Patch Kid. Let's take this thing that's meant to be wholesome and let's make it real ugly. You know, even Sour Patch Kids, right? The candy, that's a riff on those. Before then, they were called Marsmen. So, you know, they, they get changed uh, as well to, to kind of play on this whole craze that's happening. So this is a sensation. The other thing that happens, which is interesting just from a toy creation standpoint, is Coleco actually thinks about how to replicate, at least in some ways, the craft artisanal nature of what was once the doll baby, in that they made a, a computer program that actually created individually unique heads for each Cabbage Patch Kid. Cabbage Patch Kids are each different as can be. Cabbage Patch Kids, a special kind of love. So this idea that in the world of mass-produced toys, you know, if you buy Duke from G.I. Joe, Duke always looks exactly the same. That's the whole point of that action figure. If you buy a Cabbage Patch Kid, though, you are the only person who has the Cabbage Patch Kid with that exact sculpt and paint application. So, for example, the dimples and the birthmarks and things like that. That's all programmed to be unique. So then you have this sensation of people going into stores looking for specific Cabbage Patch Kids that maybe look like them. The names, when you actually look at the birth certificates, contain names that are culturally distinct. They're, you know, from, from lots of different places, at least in terms of the way they sound. This is all new. So when Cabbage Patch Kids first came out, Coleco by no means had enough stock to keep pace with the demand. So while all those riots are happening, Coleco is like, wait, 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 no, we're opening up another factory. We promise more is coming. Meanwhile, folks in the stores are like, yeah, right, buddy, whatever. I'm getting this one. I'd rather have that Cabbage Patch than wait for you. I don't believe you. They were actually doing their best, Coleco. But 
it's hard to convey that to a public pre-internet, pre-social media. You can't tweet about this stuff in, 1980, in the 1980s. So you basically just have people wondering if they'll ever get one of these toys without any real way of knowing whether or not they will. So that right there ups the level of fighting that people are willing to engage with that release them. This girl's mother bought $1,700 worth. It defies all reason. It's the American way. I'm crazy, right? <laughs> Anything for my grandchildren. It doesn't bother you to spend that much money on dolls. No, but it sure did my husband. <laughs> Since doing Cabbage Patch Kids in the, the 80s, Xavier Roberts became more and more reclusive throughout the years, so much so that for the longest time, he didn't really give extensive interviews about what he was up to, which is interesting because, you know, by the way, Ty Warner was the same thing of, of, of Beanie Babies fame. Uh, pretty reclusive, didn't give extensive interviews, which is actually what makes Billion Dollar Babies, the true story of the Cabbage Patch Kids, pretty novel because in that documentary, Xavier Roberts, for the first time, sat down and did an extensive, in-depth interview about his life and what he's kind of been through. And it actually really helps to shed some light on his perspective in this whole thing. Of course, he doesn't see it the same way as as perhaps I would. I've got my own biases when I think about it. For him, you know, he openly admits that Cabbage Patch would have been impossible without Martha Nelson Thomas. And in his view, he took it to a, a different level. That's That's kind of his story. He's essentially retired. Martha Nelson Thomas, by the way, she died in 2013 and for her entire life created art. I mean, she never stopped being an artist, that's for sure, even though she was sort of burned by this experience. So Black Friday, despite being around in the 1950s and onward, never was the violent sensation that it became post-Cabbage Patch. And it is true that once the, quote, Cabbage Patch riots happened, it became normalized. When you think about future toy fads, the idea of people fighting over toys in a store isn't really that surprising. You don't hear about it pre-Cabbage Patch, but after that, you certainly do. And again, I go back to the movie Jingle All the Way. That, you know, doesn't actually critique the process of fighting over a fad toy. It actually says, go fight over it. That's, that's fantastic. That's hilarious. Where's your Christmas spirit? So... From the Cabbage Patch Kids riots of the 80s, as we can kind of dramatically call them, we then see a cascade after that of other toy fads that kind of come along and occupy that space culturally. So we may remember legs of Tickle the Elmos being ripped off in the 90s. <laughs> that tickles. The Beanie Babies thing on its own was, you know, a good example. Furby, you know, to Pokemon throughout the thousands kind of takes that space at different times. But none of them quite get to the level of where Cabbage Patch was, where for the first time we saw on the news recorded footage of just people going nuts inside of a Kmart. That's new and that's unique to, to Cabbage Patch. So today, Cabbage Patch kids are still around. People don't necessarily know that. They've changed hands a few times from different companies, from Coleco to Mattel to Hasbro and others. And they basically look more or less as they did. They're a little smaller now and a little cheaper. But the enthusiasm 
that they garnered in the 80s burned so white hot that today there's no way it could sustain after all these years. And a terrific job on the production, editing, and storytelling by our own Greg Hengler. And a special thanks to Jonathan Alexandrados. He's a toy historian whose knowledge was featured in the film Billion Dollar Babies, the true story of the Cabbage Patch Kids. And what a story we heard. And my goodness, I never thought about Black Friday before like this. And indeed, it's true. This was the first time in American history that people were fighting over a toy the day after Thanksgiving and waiting in line in mass for a product there wasn't enough of. The true story of the Cabbage Patch Kids here on Our American Stories. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app.